0: All right, well, we're continuing our uh, uh, series, and we're coming to the end uh, very soon, a uh, 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 Abraham, friend of God series. And today we're going to look at lessons from the life of Lot. Lessons from the life of Lot. While Louise and I were away on holidays, um, we caught up with a very good friend of, of ours. He was actually part of our, our bridal party. And um, Andrew and I uh, were in ministry together, and we were chatting. And Andrew said to me, hey, Steve. What would have happened if we had stayed in ministry together? What if we had stayed at uh, Charlestown Baptist Church? You, me, and our senior pastor, David Jones, can you imagine what God might have done? Uh, Charlestown Baptist Church, I've mentioned this congregation before, was a church that was in revival. And it was uh, certainly one of the most exciting times of my life. And Andrew said, what would have happened if we had just stayed together as a team? David is still to this day the, the finest preacher that I've, that I've ever heard. And, uh, and, and Andrew said, you know, Steve, with your worship leading, your inspiration, and me with my organisational skills, where, what might God have done through us? And I was, really, um, I was really challenged by that thought and by that decision that I made and Andrew made um, to move on from that church. I often think, um, what would have happened if my family um, had have stayed in England and didn't emigrate to New Zealand and then on to Australia? What would my life look like if we had have stayed put? I would have sounded really different, you know. I wouldn't be talking like I'm talking today. I'd be talking like this all the time and you wouldn't have a clue what I'm seeing. I wonder what would have become of me. I would have been a radically, probably a radically different person, not just with my voice, but given where I grew up and the environment that I was in... It, I would be a different person to who I am today. Uh, What would have happened if I had made a decision to um, refuse the opportunity to be a follower of Jesus and decided to put Jesus aside? I've got no idea where my life would be, actually. And what would have happened if I um, chose not to marry Louise and instead chose to marry one of those other beautiful women that were chasing after me? throwing themselves at my feet at that time. <laughs> See, life hinges on the decisions we make at, at pivotal moments, doesn't it? I'm sure if you were to look back at, at your life, um, you probably wonder, I wonder what have, would have happened if I had have chosen that path rather than this path, if I had have made this decision rather than that decision, where might I be and who might I be if I had have made a different choice? Now, the truth is we will never know, will we? We just have to kind of live um, uh, with where we are. But whatever choices uh, we make, we end up living in the reality of the decisions that we make. And so today we're all living in the consequences of our major life choices. We are where we are today, good or bad, primarily as a result of the decisions that we've made for our life. Now, the life of Abraham and the life of his nephew uh, Lot is a study in contrasts. And um, we find two people, Abraham and Lot, making decisions at pivotal um, periods or moments in their lives, and two men who have very, very, very different outcomes um, because of those decisions. In Abraham, um, we see someone who, although he made a couple of really, really bad decisions, and we've looked at those as part of our series, even though he made some really bad decisions, at those Incredibly vital um, junctures of his life, he made some courageous choices. So for example, in uh, Genesis 12 and verses 1 to 4, when God first visits Abraham, it says, The Lord had said to Abraham, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. So God is inviting him to leave everything that he's familiar with and go into an unknown place. And God continues, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. And all the families on earth will be blessed through you. And so Abraham departed as the Lord instructed. Abraham picks up the courage or finds the courage to follow this mysterious voice. And when God comes and reiterates his promise uh, to Abraham again, which we find in Genesis 15, it says, Then the Lord took Abraham outside and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And as Abraham looks at those stars, something comes alive on him on the inside, and he cho- chooses to believe God's promise. And at that point, everything in world history changes. And we've, we've looked at that uh, as we've uh, unpacked the story of, of, of Abraham's life. And it says that it goes on to say, And Abraham believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. We're here today because Abraham made that choice. We are the result, we are the fruit of the decision that that man made 4,000 years ago. And then when Abraham's uh, faith is tested, he's um, invited by God to go and take his son Isaac, this promised son who he's waited for so, so long for, and take him um, up onto Mount Moriah and to sacrifice him. And we'll, We may look at that in a couple of weeks' time, the story behind that. But as you unpack that story... Uh, Abraham faithfully follows through with what God requests of him. And then there is this moment where it says, God says, And don't lay a hand on the boy. Do not hurt him in any way. For now I know you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in a thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. And Abraham named the place the Lord will provide. It was in that moment that Abraham had a revelation of the fact that God is a giver, not a taker. Because up until that time in world history, the way that people uh, worshipped was their view of God was God was a taker. God always wanted, was you could never satisfy uh, God through, no matter how many sacrifices you made, you never knew whether it was going to be enough. And at this point, Abraham has this understanding that God is a giver and not a taker. And at each each of these critical moments, um, Abraham's decisions enlarge his life and propel his life forward. But when you start to look at the life of Lot, Um, and contrast uh, Lot with Abraham, um, we discover that Lot made really poor decisions, consistently made poor decisions. And as a result, his life was minimised and he ended up in a really bad place. His first um, poor decision uh, is found in Genesis th- 13. And in that story, uh, Abraham is very generous and says to the, the, the Abraham and Lot, they, they're sharing uh, fields together and it's becoming overcrowded. And Abraham very generously says to his, to his nephew, Lot, you can choose whichever land you want and you can have that space. And uh, as the story unfolds, Lot looks up, he sees the best, greenest most uh, um, fertile ground, and he chooses that. And, um, but what is really interesting in that story is that it comes, comes to an end. It says uh, that Lot went there with his flocks and servants and parted company with his uncle Abraham. And so Abraham settled in the land of Canaan, and Lot moved his tents to a place near Sodom. So a really bad decision because we know what was going to happen to Sodom, don't we? We discussed a few weeks ago uh, that so- so- Sodom is uh, synonymous with wickedness and evil, with sexual immorality and um, the, 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 the powerful lording over the weak. It's a place where there is no empathy. It's a place where the, the poor are not, not cared for. And Lot decides to position himself in harm's way. He makes this decision to place himself near Sodom. Now in the next chapter, um, war breaks out and Lot is taken into exile. And what we discover in, uh, in, in in Genesis 14 is Lot is not just moved near to Sodom, he's actually moved into Sodom. He's making these decisions, he's taking these steps. Um, that are going to eventually lead to his his downfall. Then the next we read of Lot is in chapter 19. He's been rescued by his uncle. And where does he go? He goes back to Sodom. And um, not only does he go back to Sodom, but in Genesis 19, we discover that Lot is sitting... It says, at the gates of the city. And the gates of the city represent a place of um, influence or a place of leadership. He is now an elder. He's in a place of authority and power in Sodom. So he's gone from on the edge to living in Sodom to now being in a place of incredible influence and power and authority and leadership in this city, that is soon to face destruction. Can you see the decisions that he's making is moving him further and further away from where he ought to be? And we looked at a couple of weeks ago that judgment came upon um, upon um, Sodom, and Lot escapes with his uh, two daughters. And it says afterward, Lot left Zoar, and Zoar was this tiny little village. Um, and he ended up leaving, departing from that place because he was afraid of the people there, and he went to live in a cave in the mountains with his two daughters. So he's gone from living and um, having this prosperous, open, spacious, fertile land, and he's ended up in a cave on a mountain in the middle of nowhere because he's making decision. After decision, after the decision, which is minimizing his life, how did Lot end up in such a place when he's walking in close proximity to Abraham, this incredible man of faith? How did he? How? Given the influence that Abraham would have had upon him, how did he end up where he ended up? Well, the life of Lot actually teaches us a number of valuable lessons. Number one, lesson number one, is we need to be transparent. Um, In the Hebrew Bible, um, names often give us insight into a person's uh, personality or their destiny. And the name Lot means to to wrap closely, to veil or to envelop. And this word Lot carries with it uh, the idea of shrouding in secrecy, keeping secrets or suppression, pushing things underneath the surface. And what this suggests to me is that, that Lot was someone who was a bit of a closed book. He didn't let anyone into his world there were things going on within lot which he was suppressing and keeping secret and he wouldn't allow anyone access to his inner world and if we want to avoid making really bad decisions in life we need at least one person there needs to be at least one person in our lives that we can trust to unveil ourselves to. And if you can't find a friend, find a professional person. Go see a counsellor or go see a psychologist. Go and see someone that you can expose the struggles that go on within each and every one of us or the shadow side that each and every one of us possess. Because if we're not transparent, if we're if we're not willing to uh, be self-disclosing, we're inching away closer and closer towards living in a cave, on a mountain, in the middle of nowhere. The second thing um, about we can learn from the life of Lot is the need to be respectful. See, Lot's father um, had died and his uncle Abraham had taken him under his wing. And Lot journeys with Abraham and um, Lot begins to prosper because Abraham had created opportunities for him. But there doesn't seem to be any appreciation in Lot's heart for what he enjoys. He should be grateful and thankful that his uncle has taken him under his wing and, and cared for him and provided for him. And in that story where, where Abraham gives um, Lot the choice of which land to, uh, to take, that was actually culturally what Lot should have said was, look, thanks for the offer, Abraham, but really, you're the older person. You should make that decision. And I'll take whatever it is that you leave me with. You see, it's so incredibly important that we honour those who have helped us in life. None of us are where we are today without the help and support of others who have come and maybe has encouraged us or provided for us or done something to bring us to the good place, the good things that we have in life. Number three, um, be patient. Be patient. It's the third thing that we learn from Lot. You see, Lot took the best land because he wanted immediate results. It looked green, it looked fertile, everything was in place. So I'm going to go there. I don't have to work too hard because everything's already in place for me. In the late um, 1960s and uh, early 70s, there was a research uh, project um, called... The Stanford Marshmallow Experiment. Has anybody heard of this? Probably have. It's quite, quite uh, amusing. Um, It was um, a well-known study about delayed gratification. And these studies, um, children were offered the choice between having one marshmallow now or waiting for 15 minutes. And if they waited for 15 minutes, they could then have two marshmallows so they were left in a room with a chocolate or a, you know, a sweet or a marshmallow and they would sit there because they didn't know when the, the researcher was going to come back in the room. And you, can, you see footage of these kids salivating and holding themselves back because they so desperately want to take that marshmallow, but if they can just hold off if they can delay gratification for for some length of time they'll end up with two. What was really interesting in in this um, Stanford um, study was they discovered that uh, those kids who were able to delay taking that marshmallow in the here and now had better life outcomes than the kids that took. There's a Queen song. When we were on holidays, we went and saw Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, boy, did that take me back. Is it, good? it was fantastic. I, I'm a Queen tragic. I still still get online and watch that Wembley concert. It was one of the most... Ah, don't get me started. There's a great Queen song um, called... Um, I want it all. I want it now. And the opening lines is, is is I want it all, I want it all, I want it all. I won't sing it like Mike did. Mike's I would listen to Mike's message last night, he kept breaking out into songs. Um, I want it all, I want it all, I want it all, I want it now. And that was kind of like that's Lot's anthem. I want it all i want all of that beautiful fertile ground and i want it now i'm not going to delay gratification what we learn from abraham is that you've just got to be patient sometimes you've just got to wait the next thing as we learn from abraham is don't push for power a key motivator for lot appears to be his drive for a position of power his goal was to sit at that city gate. He was after profile and prestige and authority and leadership. That's why he, start, he started over here, but his heart was hungering to sit at the city gates because he just wanted power. Lord Acton said, power tends to corrupt and absolute power corrupts absolutely Whereas Jesus uh, teaches us that leadership and authority is actually an opportunity or an invitation to serve. Allow God to open up doors of leadership for you. Don't go pushing on doors. Just allow God to open doors. The next thing is um, distance yourself from danger. You see, Lot seems to uh, think that he could toy with danger and get, get away with it, he begins on the outskirts of the city, then he 's living in the city, then he 's he 's sitting at the city gates and what he should have done he should have given Sodom a wide berth. You know when I go to um, go shopping i 've got to avoid that biscuit aisle. <laughs> Yours might be the chocolate aisle or the the chips or the soft drink aisle, but for me it's the biscuit aisle because if I go down that biscuit aisle, I'm gone. The other thing that I have to avoid is um, Netflix, (laughs) particularly Nordic noir sort of Scandinavian crime thrillers because I know the moment that I press that button and that Nordic noir... Scandinavian, Danish crime thriller comes on, I'm sucked in. And for the next two days, I'm going to be watching, binge watching, 12 episodes of these things. And you can just count me out for the next two or three days because I'm lost. I'm in, I'm sucked in. I've got to stay away from those things. Know your weaknesses, know your vulnerabilities. And keep yourself away from those things that are tempting. Then stay in community. Um, One of the mysteries of Abraham and Lot's relationship is why Abraham never adopted Lot as his son. Seems bizarre. Abraham and Sarah were unable to have children. And here is almost like a ready-made son. They could have adopted him into the family and he could have become the heir and that would have solved all of Abraham's problems. But despite the support that Lot receives from Abraham, Lot is continually withdrawing and alienating himself from Abraham. And we don't know why, but it just seems like he's an independent soul that just um, for some reason cannot or will not walk in relationship with other people. And I believe that what God does in God's generosity and providence, God gives us allies. He puts people in our lives that we can learn from. And I want to encourage you, if you want to avoid living in a cave on a mountain in the middle of nowhere, Embrace those relationships. Don't withdraw or alienate yourself, yourself. The other lesson that we learn from Lot is learn from our mistakes. Hegel said, um, The only thing we learn from history is we don't learn from history. history. And Lot is just kind of on this cycle of repeating um, the mistakes of the past one of the hebrew words for wisdom uh, defines wisdom as the ability to address new problems with the knowledge and experience we've gained from the past is that beautiful wisdom is the ability to address new problems with the knowledge and experience we have gained from the past you know making mistakes is fine it's part of part of the package Of being human. It's inevitable. We are all going to make mistakes. It's when we don't learn from those mistakes. That's when uh, we move into the realm of what the Bible calls a fool. So learn the lesson. And then finally, the lesson that we learn from Lot is we have to develop our own relationship with God. You see, the thing about Abraham, Abraham was a worshipper. We've looked at this in the past where where, wherever Abraham goes, he seems to construct an altar and he's worshipping God. There's something within Abraham that is reaching out, seeking to connect with, with heaven. And what Lot has done, he's lived his relationship with God vicariously through Abraham. And he was satisfied just to kind of sit in Abraham's slipstream there is not one mention anywhere in the Bible where Lot is actually in any form of engagement with God. And so being close to someone who has a vital dynamic relationship with God, whether it's a spouse or a parent or a partner, whatever it might be, that will not spiritually sustain us. Each one of us need to develop our own relationship with God. And the greatest decision that you or I will ever make and the most important decision that we will ever make is the decision to follow God. It's the decision to be a worshiper. It's the decision to put ourselves in a place where we, like Abraham, can hear the voice of God speaking to us.